0: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Happy Friday! I am Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. So, one of our episodes this week was about the myth of the lost cause of the Confederacy, which I know is still a highly emotional topic for a lot of
0: people. Yes, it is. From numerous directions. Um I don't mean to laugh because it's not a problem it's just funny how it continues everything's a little absurd to me uh in life. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime yeah. I laugh and it seems disrespectful I'm just laughing at the human condition because it's all I can do.
1: Yeah. As I was working on it I was thinking do I have family members who fought for the confederacy I must have because like I know that that my family has been in in North Carolina for at least 180 years or something. Um, and so fortunately, my brother had made a family tree. And I started poking through that just to sort of satisfy my own curiosity because it wasn't something, it was something that I assumed but didn't actually know. Um, I feel like as a child, I had this latent hope that maybe some North Carolina ancestor had run off to the North and fought for the Union. And I think some family member had been like, no, that did didn't happen. Uh, But yeah, I started poking through it and I was like, ah, yeah, here's multiple people. Here's somebody who died of disease in Richmond. And uh, like, I think it was a second great grandfather who did not personally serve, but who had two older brothers who were killed in action. There were uh, multiple, which was not surprising considering, you know, knowing for a fact that most of my family or possibly all of them were in North Carolina in the mid 19th century
0: yeah i did not have any family in the south during that time (laughs) it it almost um yeah I i don't like i said like i said at the end of the episode i feel a little bit weird this gets into like personal psychology but i just don't have that like identity connection through time to the family tree sure like it's, uh, I I know some of those facts, but I've I've never been like, and that is what b- created me. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if it's just because I was always a rebellious little brat that tended to like d- dismiss and issue everything related to expectations of my family, or if I just don't have that gene.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've... <laughs> Um one of the things that I tried to make clear in the episode that I hope I made clear enough is that like this the south takes a lot of criticism for the preponderance of this narrative but like as was the case in so many things in the history of the United States the north was complicit in this too so it's not something it's not like the the southern you know f- political and public figures made something up that, you know, the Northern political establishment fought back hard against. Right There there really just was a sense of, oh, if we can just keep the peace with the South, everything will be better, even though that meant just, like, disregarding all of the Black Americans right. who had, you know, been through generational trauma and meaningfully harmed by all of this in so many ways. It becomes
0: an interesting thing to me. I think you, you framed it so beautifully in your outline as saying, like, it prioritized... The union and the comfort and emotional well being of white people over the people they had actually harmed and what had started the war. And what becomes really interesting to me to think about, and this gets into a whole like political theory space that I'm not really equipped to do, but it's like if you are making concessions of that nature that devalue other human beings to preserve a thing, what are you actually preserving? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Like, yeah. is that a worthwhile union at that point? I know that's yeah. a terrible sentiment and probably it will make a lot of people angry, but it's just from a theoretical point of view, one of those things where I'm like, where do you get to the point where you're like, yes, we can negotiate through this right, by ignoring all of the harm that took place and, you know, kind of like coddling around it. Yeah. It's a very strange thing to wrap my head around.
1: Um. I also did want to note, like, I did not reference the involvement of Indigenous people or the effects of the war on Indigenous people at all, because that feels like, in a lot of ways, an entire separate episode. But I did want to acknowledge that, like, yes, that also was a whole factor of it, uh, of the Civil War that involved all kinds of pieces that we did not talk about in this episode. Man, it's such a weird year, and I have no idea what's (laughs) going to be happening when this episode we moved this episode ahead of the line because in a similar situation to what we talked about in the listener mail of this episode, we we have been working ahead because we're each going to be out yeah. at the end of the year. And so we got to write episodes to get... So there's podcasts while we're gone. And so similarly, um, we have some weeks of <laughs> podcasts that are already recorded. Um, and we moved this one up ahead of some things in the line both just for some seasonal reasons, but then also so less time would elapse between recording it and having it come out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like the juggles we do of our calendar would probably be like a slightly dry, but still rather witty sitcom. <laughs> um, like, well, but if we move this to here, wait, 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 that won't work. Go back, go back, go back. Wait, when, when is Casey going to be out? Is Can he edit that? <laughs> We have a lot of back and forth online that is exactly that conversation in various right. iterations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 2020. You've been a thing. Yeah. Uh, I was so delighted that this week I finally got to talk with Curry Sautner for the show. She and I have been trying to figure out when we could get her on and when our schedules could work out so we could have a chat. And I was so excited that it finally happened She's like one of the most energetic and compelling guests because she is excited about education and sharing the Constitution in a way that everyone feels included and recognizes that it accounts for them. And she knows so much because she works with constitutional scholars all of the time and has access to these people which she mentioned on the show uh to be like hey i know this interpretation has shifted what what is going on today versus blah 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 um and you know i was i was thankful that she <laughs> she talked about how much they've kind of gotten hammered with questions and people being interested in recent years as you know debates about what the Constitution does and does not do or does and does not lay out have gotten more and more heated. It was a really, really cool chat. And she's just
1: lovely. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Constitution Center?
0: No, but now it's like top of my list when she was saying that people that go there that think it's going to be boring come out like rabidly excited and giggling. I'm like, I have to go there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so I I went there the last I think it was the last time that I went to Philadelphia. I went there Um, because as I mentioned at some point recently on the show, I'll basically do a ride-along with my spouse when he's going there for something else. And then I just go to museums and walk around and do whatever I want while I'm there. And I had made myself a sort of museum path for this particular day that started at the Constitution Center and then looped around to a couple of other places. Uh, And I had zero idea what to expect at all. <laughs> and uh was was like, wow, this is a way more interactive experience than I thought I was going to have from something called the Constitution Center.
0: Right. I also, you know, it's such a, a surprising and cool fortuitous happenstance that they were already working on so much online engagement and being able to do lessons and sessions online way before COVID ever happened. Mm -hmm. So for them, that was like an instant pivot, which um, is just extraordinarily good luck, right? Because we've, we've talked with other people at other museums about how it was really a struggle to figure out how to do the same kind of, of engagement and programming they would normally do, but do it in a virtual space. Whereas for the, the Constitution Center, they've already been in that space, so they were just like, okay, now everybody can come to these, which is very cool. Yeah, yeah I really do want to um, study the Constitution whenever I talk to her. I really cannot stress enough, if you have never looked at their interactive Constitution online, It's really, really robust. Like, not only can you, you know, look at any part of the Constitution and who was influential in that part of the Constitution, and it it really does just kind of blossom out in this, like, information tree of different places you can go related to it. It contextualizes all of it and that document in such a way that you really gain a, a deeper appreciation, I did anyway, of how much it is, as Curry was saying, about us. It is about you. It is about me. It is If you are a U.S. citizen, it is about you, Uh, which was is sort of a strange and marvelous thing. And I love that almost everything they do is, is free to the public. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, constitutional scholarship getting very exciting. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm working on something related and I'm like, I got to go look at that interactive constitution as soon as we're done here.
0: Yes, I think you should. Uh, I think you would get a huge kick out of it because it really is One, from an information architecture standpoint, it's just smartly designed. Mm -hmm. Like, it is really intuitive to use. You don't have to go down all the rabbit holes, but if you want to, no matter what your level, that's really, like, you will have your needs met. And that was another thing that I loved that she talked about, was that, like, she's having conversations in some of these lessons now where second graders are talking to people like in their 80s and they're having actual discussions about the Constitution in a way that is enlightening for both of them in many cases, which is just an incredibly cool thing. Um, Hmm. I'm a fan, can you tell? Hmm. uh, (laughs) So I hope everybody does check it out because especially if you're at all interested in the Constitution or maybe you feel like you don't have as good a grip on all of it as you should... Uh, Wherever you want to start, there's a level that will give you the amount of information you need. Thank you for hanging out with us this Friday. We hope everyone continues to stay safe and is taking care of themselves. Uh, You can always subscribe to the show on the iHeartRadio app at Apple Podcasts and wherever it is you listen. We hope you have a great weekend.
1: Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio.